0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking. And K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger.
0: Hello, listeners. Today is January 29, 2014. We have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to be talking about the emergence of self-healing. And we have a very special guest. His name is Stephen Lewis. He's the developer of the AIM program of energetic balancing. He also co-authored a book called Sanctuary, which is The Path to Consciousness. So now I would like to bring onto our show Stephen. Hello, Stephen.
2: Hello, Denise. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: We're very honored. So i like to start my shows out with our listeners getting a little bit of background on our guests. Could you enlighten us on your path? In other words, where did you get started? How did you get on the path that you're on to this day?
2: (laughs) Well, my earliest memory of my start was I was kind of a a prodigy as a child. Uh, But my parents, my mother particularly, used to always say son. Do what you've got to do quickly. We don't live long. Now, that definitely was uh, uh, it, it, it was a spur. It definitely pointed me in the direction of, well, why not? What goes wrong? Um, I put that, I tabled that aside, and I went and did a lot of studying. My primary interest was in, is in physics, quantum physics. Uh, But I never forgot about the concept of what goes wrong and why. What's this all about? And so along the way, I picked up a whole bunch of degrees in the healing arts, acupuncture, homeopathy, uh, a a bunch of others. i got a a drawer full of them somewhere, Um, all of which were just to enable me to kind of talk the talk while I figured out how to walk the walk. And... uh, (laughs) I am still figuring it out, and, and uh, that will probably be the case up until my demise. Uh, one of my fantasies is right before that demise, I'm going to sit up and say, I've got it together, plunk, and get out. That's it. Um, because Finally. Because there, there is no end. That's why. Um, I, You know, I was born... In a very fortuitous time for me, it's, you know, it was an energetic time in that quantum physics came into its own, Um, not just Einstein, but for me, uh, his successors, Niels Bohr, David Bohm, and the others, and I began to understand something personally that violated everything I was taught, everything everyone else was taught. It was that... Everything about me that's at all relevant, everything, uh, what I, everything hereditarily, my life, how I live it, is essentially created by my consciousness. Now, the way that works is fundamentally, E does equal MC squared. Everything is energy. That's taught in high schools now. It's accepted. Mm-hmm. But, but you see, the problem is this, Denise. Everything there is to say about energy can be said in one second. You want to time it? Here. All right. It is. Go. I just <laughs> I just did it. It it is. Because what else can you say? Does energy mm-hmm. have a, a a smell? No. A taste? No. It doesn't have a time, a place, or location. It doesn't have a size, doesn't have a shape. It doesn't have any property. You can say, oh, that's energy. You can tell by the size, shape, smell, whatever. It is. Now, we live in a world that is not amorphous. We live in a world that has dimension, size, shape, properties such as place, time. What is it... It takes this everything, this energy, and gives it something, gives it this particular these properties. And the answer is the most amazing answer in the world. You do it, I do it, we do it. Consciousness shapes energy into particulate form. That's what they mean by wave versus particle in physics. Everything is the wave of energy, but what gives it shape, size, dimension is its particulate is consciousness. And so, how
0: does, sub, does subconscious? Yeah, fundamentally. How does sub How does subconscious well, sub, um, factor into that?
2: Well, subconscious is a relative term, and what I mean by that is, for example, are there things that are obvious to you in your life right now? that were a mystery a decade ago certainly well they were subconscious a decade ago and now they're conscious so it's it's, it's totally relative and there's stuff now that you're struggling to understand it's going to be obvious to you in another decade and so on and so on so subconscious is simply that which must emerge and has yet to emerge into consciousness. It's absolutely there. It's part of you. You know whatever is subconscious, but you don't know it in in a way to articulate it. Just for example, and the most obvious example is, look, dogs and cats, um, they can get cancer. I'm sure you know that, right? Sure. Now, but... And they know if they have a disease, this disease called, let's say, uh, lymphocytic leukemia or um, bronchogenic carcinoma. They know if they have it, but they don't know the language. There's probably no language that's expressed in woof or meow. uh, That's bronchogenic carcinoma, woof. Uh, You know, I don't think so, but they know it. And uh, they know it in their consciousness. At what level is their consciousness? How close is it to the surface? I mean, they do know it. Dogs and cats, when they're injured, they need to heal. They'll find the proper context. Maybe it's the mud of a swamp to draw out something, or whatever it may be. They know it, and, and they act upon it. But that's not hmm. the same as the words. The words are right. not the thing. It's it's important to remember that. Not that you don't know it, but I mean just the words are not the thing. So conscious, subconscious. It's just a, a graduated scale, and it
0: changes. So would you say that your life's work up the thing to this down. point? Would you say that your life's work up to this point has been in energetic, um, energetic balancing?
2: Absolutely. Well, well, that's a, a term that I, I coined, essentially. It's been in the question of healing. And healing is a subset of consciousness. Consciousness in physics is that which creates the material world. Healing is all mm-hmm. in consciousness. Now, what I mean by that is treatment... <laughs> curing or whatever is not done in consciousness it's done in your body you know a pill is swallowed or something's cut out or whatever it is that's treatment and maybe it'll get you better maybe not but healing does not occur initially in your body it occurs in your consciousness and Once something happens in your consciousness, for better or for worse, it either is there in your material manifest world, or if it's not, it will be pretty soon, unless you change it, unless you heal it. Healing is in consciousness. And that's why the work in my field has been done by so many people. I I stand on the shoulders of so many giants. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've done is is find a way to to, to measure the frequency of everything or anything in units of consciousness. And once that's done, we can change that frequency of everything or anything in consciousness. So what it means is this. Whatever it is about you, if you like it, well, congratulations, you did it. And if you don't like whatever it is about you, so change it. You have the power, you are in power to do that. And so do it. You can. That's the good so news you and you the bad about, news.
0: <laughs> how do you go about helping people?
2: What we do, what I do, is what any healer does. Because that's kind of like the contradiction. And I'm sure you know about this. Healers, only you heal you. I can heal anything but only do it in one person in the world, me. And you can do the same. Healers don't heal you. Healers change your consciousness. Whatever it takes to change your consciousness has a capacity to be your healer.
0: How does that differ from a psychologist or or a psychiatrist? It does not,
2: or a priest, or a whatever, or a puppy or a kitten. For that matter, look, you've read about people who are in uh, uh, they're in some kind of program hospice, and just to ease their way, ease their transition, they're given a puppy or a kitten. You've heard of that, no doubt, right? Sure. Okay, good. Now, have you read, notice that a lot of these people have what can only be called miraculous recoveries. And, and that's do been documented. That well, it's been well documented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the question then becomes, okay, do puppies and kittens cure cancer? The answer is no. They can get cancer. So what happens? And this is what I think happens. The that puppy or kitten may be the first or most dramatic example of unconditional love a person has ever encountered. So the question becomes, do you think the power of unconditional love, for example, has the capacity to help you heal yourself? Now, when you express it in those words, it becomes a different question than saying, can a puppy cure cancer? Can unconditional love help you heal something? The answer is I think obviously yes. Well, for that person that puppy is the greatest healer
0: he or she has ever known. Uh, and yeah, if, but now we're, but now we're talking the same thing. Right. But now we're talking about something that's not necessarily scientific, but rather a matter of faith.
2: Well, now, you see, that is another interesting thing, Denise. Sure, it is a matter of faith. Um, You know, I read a book a long time ago that said, talking about miracles, it said, you could do better stuff than this if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Now, I don't know a hell of a lot about mustard seeds. I'm not much of a chef. Uh, But I think (laughs) the point is, it's not supposed to be much. Um, you see, in the old days, there was a dichotomy, that of town versus gown, science versus spirituality. That was it, and that was town versus gown, the gown being worn by, by the priest, you know, uh, and the town, you know, it's, well, that was scientific. Quantum physics, quantum mechanics. has changed all that. Men of science can approach an intersection at one angle, and that same intersection, the same quadrangle, can be approached by men of spirituality. When they meet and leave that intersection, they leave following the same road. That's why you have a union of people like um, Christian Murdy and David Bohm. Albert Schweitzer and Einstein, and on and on and on. Uh, Because once you speak of consciousness creating the material world, well, can you separate, truly separate, faith and consciousness from the material world? You cannot. Do you see what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm following your thought process. Uh, it, to me, it kind of equates to if we go from go back to the scientific, where they conduct medical studies, and they give their uh, patients pills. Typically, what let's just say that the A group gets the real pill, and the B group gets the placebo. Right. A lot of times, the placebo group will outperform the A group.
2: That does happen. And can you explain that in terms of science?
0: No. Nobody can.
2: Oh, yes, they can. Because what has happened, and there's the big confusion, Denise. What has happened to uh, group placebo? Is very simply, they healed themselves. There is a distinction between treating and curing versus healing. The, the The scientific community, to me, is not you know, and I've got a bunch of degrees in this. is not very good. has almost no track record in the world of healing. Medical science is fantastic as um, engineers. They deal with structural things. If something's broken, they can fix it. Even if that's something that's that's critically important as a heart or a heart valve or whatever, they are great at that. It's like choreographed. But when it comes to healing, they really don't know where to begin. And conversely, healers may not know a mitral valve, from an aortic valve, from whatever else. But they know how to change your consciousness so that you are more able to heal that which needs to be healed. And when it comes to disease primarily, it's either you heal yourself or you don't, especially in this day and age. There's almost no treatment for anything medically. Antibiotics have been documented Mm -hmm. by the profession as being almost non-functional.
0: So so if faith is an important factor and that faith, it's likely to be, say, far stronger for the average person if the medical community presents To them, something scientifically. How does that factor
2: in? It factors in not that it's presented, but the person believes this will heal him. The person believes this will get him better, and it is that belief that gives that changes the consciousness, and that healing takes place in that person's consciousness. And once that happens, the body just tags... DNA is the last thing that changes. It just tags along and follows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is why, whether it's because of a placebo given to someone by a physician, or whether it's someone who's, quote, inspirational, and that up to and including people like Jesus Christ, whether it's that inspirational thing that makes someone believe... I am going to be all better, and they heal themselves. There is no limitation on healing. There are very, very distinct limitations on treatment and curing. Uh, Pretty much the medical community knows what conditions it is powerless to treat, and they'll tell you that. They'll say, I'm sorry, we have no uh, weapons to treat this particular condition at this time. And that's true, and they and they they acknowledge it, but there is no such thing as that which cannot be healed. I mean, if you look at the journals, the medical journals, the New England Journal of Medicine, or whatever I mean, you know I used to subscribe to all of them. there's always some hmm. article about uh, an inexplicable spontaneous remission. It's basically the same article you see in um, some tabloid in the supermarket where there it doesn't say uh, there was an inexplicable it says it's a miracle you've seen it well it it is and it isn't you know because at that level there are no miracles anything can be healed when they write about it uh, technically in these journals they put on their, their three-piece suit and a tie and go harumph and call it that. They don't have uh, uh, that kind of costume they need to wear in a supermarket. Hell, anything anything's appropriate for a supermarket, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go in your pajamas. People, doesn't matter.
0: Pe- people aren't trained to recognize these things.
2: Well, they are, but once again, you get back to your question conscious versus subconscious. They can't articulate it, but there is a distinct shift in movement toward it. I would venture to say your audience now is far greater than it was when you started. Correct. Not knowing well that's because there's some in it. there is some unspoken message saying this is what is happening. Uh, We must remember, we must relearn to heal Mm -hmm. ourselves. We must relearn that this process of healing is what we need because it's really all that's left to humanity. Not the earth. The earth's fine. The earth will survive just fine. The question is not will the earth make it, it's will we make it on the earth? Mm The earth ain't going nowhere. And so some people do know pose, this let me,
0: right. Let me pose this question to you. Sure. If ninety five percent of what we do is subconscious and only five percent we're conscious of what we're doing. Well, how, I say
2: we. Yeah, go ahead.
0: how does one heal under that assumption? With your, with your the, methods.
2: With my methods? Conscious,
0: mm-hmm.
2: subconscious, unconscious are relative terms. I mean, do you think that 95% of what some hypothetical figure like the Buddha does is unconscious? Or, or Christ, once again? I and mean, when someone says, what you do to the least of mine, you do to me. Do you think that's an unconscious statement, or is it a statement of high consciousness? Hmm. So that's my first, my, my the beginning of my response. Okay. Um, you do not have to be able to articulate something to have it in your consciousness in any way in the world. Have you ever um, experienced something, someone you're very close to, someone you love, who's far 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 away from you it could be the other side of the country it could be in europe wherever and something happens to them it suddenly you feel something inside you like this pang of sorts
0: mm-hmm or you make a phone call I've that
2: happened well you make a phone call well, well yeah but something initiated that call right some feeling initiated it now uh that's because
1: uh,
2: There is no word to say what's wrong, but there is a knowledge of something don't feel right, and that is what prompts you to action. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is, it is in our consciousness. Remember, just because you can't speak of something doesn't mean it is not in your consciousness. I won't be specific because I, I don't have that right. But when I spoke with you um, last week, mm-hmm. I mentioned several things that were um, technical names that I'm sure you were not familiar with. You did not know. Okay. Um, but you knew what they meant. You know about the uh, what they felt. Uh, mm-hmm. All you didn't know was a particular language. And if you spoke a language other than English and didn't speak English, none of it would have made any sense to you at that level. But everything I was talking about, you still would know. Don't you Once again, you can't confuse language with consciousness. Language is a way one describes consciousness. It is not consciousness itself. Hmm. It's an approach so it, to it. What,
0: what um, instigated you co-authoring the uh, the book Sanctuary?
2: Well, one of my patients, a guy named Evan Evan Lawson. Well, let, let me back off a little bit. At that time, okay. I was in practice in uh, L.A. My practice was primarily the uh, entertainment industry, music, films. Um, And I would say I was rather successful in my practice because unless you had a hell of a lot of clout, the waiting list for a new patient was roughly three and a half years. And people would say, but I've been given six months, and I I said, well, my staff said, He's already working six days a week, eight hours a day, and he refuses to make it seven. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Right. Okay. And at a a three-and-a-half-year waiting list. At one point, something happened, and I saw it. And I said, wow, look at this. I I, won't, I don't want to get into it now, but it's written up. It's, it's described very well in Sanctuary, The Path to Consciousness. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I say, well, I hope I never see this again. Well, I never didn't see it again. And as a result of it, uh, I found that everyone in the politically Western world, as opposed to geographically, so because... Uh, The other side of the world is uh, Sydney, Australia, but that's politically Western as opposed to geographically. Everyone in the politically Western world, in the urban politically Western world, had the frequency of an immune deficiency. And I thought about it and I felt this. You know, I, I was very expensive to see me. I didn't care because... The people who saw me were making to make a movie and get twenty million bucks. Why should I care if I double my fees? You know what I mean. That too is relative. Mm-hmm. But um, I said I don't feel ethically I can afford to keep this information just for this privileged few in um, in Hollywood. And so I said I have a message, and I became a messenger. So I was speaking to a friend of mine, and uh, I said, well, "Let's write a book." Uh, and he had written some screenplays, et cetera, So this was L.A., Hollywood, and it was. And since it was about consciousness and consciousness, which is the vehicle for healing, and it's about that, it was called "Consciousness Sanctuary," the path to consciousness. So. Uh, I wrote this book, and it was published by Hay House, and it took on a life of its own. At that point, I told my, my patients, I can no longer see you privately because I've got this obligation to take this to the public and to see as many as I can. And let me tell you, that generated a lot of hostility in Hollywood because they like being catered to. Very, very much so. You look at the beginning of the book sanctuary, you'll see examples of those who said things like that. A guy like Burt Bacharach said, hey, I'm an American too. I want to help people. Others were just furious. But that's what I did. In fact, I went and disappeared to try and perfect um, this technology, this spiritual technology.
1: Mm -hmm. And I
2: did, and... Uh, and then I began the AIM program, or we began it, my two partners and I, Evan and Roberta. And Roberta at the time was, uh, I lived with her, she was my woman. That's no longer the case, but she's still my partner, and she's the best friend of my, the lady uh, of my wife. So that's fine. That worked out pretty well. Very incestuous.
0: I love it. Um, <laughs> You're quite funny, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, well, um, thank you.
2: So anyway, uh, <laughs> that is how I, I, went, I, be, I began this work, because I didn't feel mm. I could... I could not have had uh, helped... I could not have been able to help 70,000 people, which is a drop in the bucket. It's minute, disappointingly small. I could not have helped 70,000 people heal themselves if I was seeing one-on-one. So I had to develop a technology that was not dependent upon my physically having them come in. And that is the etiology of the AIM technology I wrote about in that same book. AIM Mm -hmm. standing for all exclusive Method. And that only works because of some frequencies that I called Rosetta frequencies. Rosetta because they translate. So let's say there are roughly, in the, in the AIM program, um, they say there are about half a million frequencies. Nobody can focus on half a million things. It's impossible. But of that half a million, let's say hypothetically, 100 of them represent imbalances that you need to heal in you. Because of these Rosetta frequencies, you will focus on that hundred and ignore the remaining, the rest of the half million.
0: Huh. That is why so it's it, kind of like without that, bank. it couldn't work. Pardon me? It's like a data bank.:
2: Yes. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an mm-hmm.
2: enormous, huge database. It's a huge database that is in itself hooked up to a massive bank of computers, and these computers uh, are attached to these massive metal trays, and on these trays there are photographs of people, and these photographs have been taken as digital. They've been um, analoged and then back to digital, and they are on these trays and they are the holograms we deal with. Anything that is unique to you is you holographically. It contains every bit of information about you. That's precisely why primitive people intuited and they did that they don't want they won't let you take their picture unless they're utterly convinced you're not going to use it to do something negative. Because you can. It is them, holographically. Now, you can do that with air or blood. A voodoo doll? Hmm? Is that similar to
0: a voodoo doll? It is, yes. Is voodoo a...
2: uses that. So voodoo when you... and uh, Sonaria and Yangigo, they use that, but not in the Hollywood sense. It's been used uh, in Brazil and Haiti, etc. as and Cuba, as a way of of, for the native healers, the native uh, medical arts people, to help people heal themselves. Hollywood made it like My Weekend with Bernie, you know, zombies <laughs> and all that. But that's not – I mean, that, that's fine. It's fun, you know, and I have fun watching a fun movie. Why not? I mean, but that ain't what it is. But it's used – to help people heal themselves, it's no different than the concept of the prayer wheel in Tibet, where they take your name and put it in the prayer wheel, and that prayer wheel never stops spinning, and it is linked to you, and uh, even that has its own technology. And I was visiting a, a guy; you probably know him. I'm sure you, everyone knows him, Wayne. I was visiting Wayne Wayne Dyer. And uh, I was at at Wayne's house, and he said, said, hey, Steve, my picture is in the DMV. And I said, so is everybody else's, so what? I mean, everyone I know drives.
0: Uh Uh-huh, right.
2: Right. I mean, they even let my mother drive when she was here, God rest her soul, which was a big mistake. (laughs) But anyway, um, well, she's got the record to prove it. Um, (laughs) I said, everyone's pictures are So He said, why isn't it doing anything? So I said, him, well, what do you want it to do? It's just a picture, Wayne.
0: <laughs>
2: what would you like the picture to do, Wayne? Okay. He said, I'm confused. I said, yeah, I know you are, Wayne. I said, and I didn't help you much. I, I, I understand that. But let's put it this way. If you went into uh, Home Depot or Lumber or whatever, and you saw a stack of wood and a chainsaw, would you turn to me and say, hey, Steve, why is that saw not cutting that wood? Very simply, the saw is a tool. These are tools. What makes things happen is the power inherent in your intention to use these tools the power of your intention so don't you know Wayne, Wayne wrote one of his best-selling books he always writes them and he named it the power of intention
0: oh yeah, that's so a I, nice
2: title so I, yeah so I called him up I said you owe me money you used my title <laughs> I <bet she> did. <laughs> and, and I won't tell you what Wayne said because we're on the air but okay so that, that is fundamentally um, as good an answer I can give you to your questions, kind of oblique, but it, but it is real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is, the, but that's, again, that's consciousness. It's your intention that, that makes you either heal yeah. yourself or not. People go in to see a physician and have a wart removed or a hangnail dealt with and they end up getting an infection or this and that, and they transition. Death by hangmail. On the other hand, other people are told you've got two months left and in hospice, and 20 years later they're paying ten- tennis, and the physician who told them that is dead.
1: Mm-hmm. It,
2: is, it is not and dried de- It is a matter of intention. Now, that intention is dictated by many factors. The most powerful of what you bring to the table is what you brought with you. Nothing in Mm -hmm. the world, in the world of physics, in the world of spirituality, nothing happens for no reason. And if you don't know the reason, just say, I can't figure out the reason. Don't say there's no reason. Fair enough? most Most of what life is, we don't understand anyway. So just say, I don't know, but you, uh, you bring these hereditary things with you. These things are in you to be resolved. You have chosen these things. It's not like your parents awarded them to you. Here, son, have some cancer. It doesn't work like that. You have chosen what you need to resolve. And if you don't, I believe you'll come back and try it again and again until you get it right, which in itself is kind of ironic because I often have people, when I used to be all around the world lecturing, people say, well, you know, I'm a very old soul. And they said it with great pride, I used to say, so you're a slow learner, huh? And that would really upset him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> isn't, isn't that what, what they're telling me? Jesus, you still can't get it right?
0: <laughs> so, tell me, Stephen Lewis, have you done a lot of traveling um, worldwide, and you know, visited oh. different cultures of the world to come up with, you know, some of your um, empowerment, well, energetic, well, I've um, I've, I've spoken
2: and lectured and uh, demonstrated all over the world a number of times uh i mean i don't do that anymore because i am i'm a card carrying geriatric i mean i'm old (laughs) um and i decided i'm a lot older than you are i decided you know i would use the media to do that because traveling gets old after a while you know, when when Eileen and I got married, I went here, she hadn't been anywhere really. And I said, well, here, let's just schedule lecture tours. So I took her all over the world, Australia, New Zealand, all over Europe, here, there, whatever. And fine, and I would speak and, and, and demonstrate somewhere and, you know, uh, go to Oxford and then take some time saying, here, now let's take a look at the country and all that. But, which is fun, it's fine, but... After a while, traveling gets old. And uh, so I will do it now when I have to using the media, and that's it. And my favorite medium, by the way, is not television. It's radio. What you can't see on the radio, that's the problem. I like radio. I can sit here in a sweatshirt, uh, which I'm, is what I'm wearing, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. just
0: mm-hmm.
2: I got my – and. One of my cats is here on the desk, and uh, it's it's just it's easy. <laughs> you are a character. <laughs> well, yeah, you know it's like uh, if this is the story, either in a nutshell or from a nutcase,
0: <laughs> or, or or both. They are not exclusive. Though hilarious you really are I think our listeners are probably laughing right along with me
2: this is me so, <laughs> so
0: yes
2: so how, I do your, some, how do you spend your
0: how do you spend your days now do you spend most of your oh. time doing radio shows are you writing are you oh writing no no, no,
2: articles, no. yeah I've been doing a lot, I do a lot of writing but most of my time is still doing my work Um, figuring out what frequencies. For example, you are going on the AIM program, or you're on now, I suppose. Um, Just on. If a year from now you contact us and say, uh, and you're on because you're media, you know, it's just like if you have me back on the program, I need you to be able to say, this is what I experienced, Steve.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm.
2: Because it has has a great deal more credibility when you say this is what it was like for me than mm-hmm. my speculating and telling you what it will be like in the future. So and it's 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 not covert; it's an overt policy that, that I I developed. But suppose you say, yeah, it's great, but I still have this problem: I itch, or I'm coughing, or whatever it is. I need to go and look and say, why does Denise have this raw? What is it?
1: And it it
2: will almost certainly be an imbalance, a frequency not in the database. I mean, there are several thousand frequencies that are not in the database that I found. There aren't that many you find nowadays because I'm getting toward the bottom of the barrel, thank God. (laughs) But, in, but there was a time when it was all the time. Yeah, and uh, if I look and I go, okay, this is why Denise is itching or coughing or whatever. And I will name it, not literally, but it will come down to it. It will be a code. It will be Denise's disease. And it will go in the AIM program. It will go It will be Denise's Freon or bacteria or virus or malignancy, or whatever it is. And I'll put it on. And anyone else on the program who has that problem will also use it to help them heal that problem.
0: Well, listeners, I just want you to know, I'm not itching. I'm not itching. (laughs) I'm not coughing. (laughs) I just want to be real um, clear on that. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no.
2: What uh, suppose you called me and said, I'm craving carbs? Oh, mm-hmm. never. The point is, if there's something wrong, there's a reason. And my job is to figure out why is that happening? And then how, then to help you heal it. That is what healers do. As you well know, they help mm-hmm. you heal yourself. So they're kind of misnamed. True. And yet they're they're very important in our lives, but they're still misnamed.
0: Only you, you, you. Only you, you, you. Well, we're we're starting to run out of time, so I want you to let our listeners know how they can either reach you or the people that work for you, your program. Tell them where they can um, purchase your book, your website, etc.
2: The, the website, easiest thing is the website. And the website is aimprogram.com. Just aimprogram.com. Um, if you have any questions, there's a toll-free line, and people will try and answer your questions. No one's going to try and sell you anything. You can't sell spirituality. But the, the number is 877-500. And as far as the book Sanctuary, by the way, in that website, there are a lot of articles I've written, and they're a lot more current than the book. But the book is Sanctuary, The Path to Consciousness, and you can get it or order it from any bookstore. You can get it online, you can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon or whatever. Um, it's available, it's not a problem. But the first thing I would say is look at the website, aimprogram.com. And that will tell you if you feel this resonates for you or not. Because if it doesn't resonate for you at this time, then it's not right for you at this time. And it doesn't mean no, it never true. will, but yeah. You just, you no, just I think know. this is not something you must it, – this is not something – It can be pushed or sold. You know, I feel very strongly about that. Uh, It must be available. That's why I said to you when we first spoke, you and I, we share this. We are both messengers. And as such, we have a message, you know. And a messenger delivers this message and moves on and delivers it elsewhere. You don't stay around and say, now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You go on and move on and deliver
0: your message, isn't that right? <laughs> that that's true. That's very true. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show, Stephen Lewis. Thank you for You've having been me on. I look... Just a delightful guest. Just a delightful guest. Thank you guest. so much. I hope to be back. And I wish you I wish you well. All right, listeners, okay. we're wrapping up our show, and um, please tune in again next Wednesday at four p.m. And I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the week. Bye-bye now.
1: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?
0: Listeners, I just wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guests. The information, it's not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified health care professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and experience of Denise and her community. We encourage you to make your own healthcare care decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare care professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. And with that, I say bye-bye.